Thank you for sharing this morning, Lindsay. Uh, it really, pretty powerful, and it really draws us uh, to the attention that we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We really don't. And uh, uh, you just reaffirm that with your words. And, and, we, and we do pray for those who are going through these difficulties. And I look on the congregation, and I see a lot of familiar faces, and I see, I see some new faces, too. And thank you for coming here today, and, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning service. And as I get prepared here, uh, I guess I don't usually come up here and speak. Do you have my glasses out yet? But we, before service, we pray. And, of course, my friend Greg, he comes in and he's, like, shaking his knees like, a, are you nervous? <laughs> so, and that's fine. That's, that's what happened. We, we all do that kind of stuff. But I'm sitting there, and this is my, how my brain works. I'm sitting there, and I remember a book I read. I think it's John Ortberg. And when he got up to speak, and he's a, he's a famous author and pastor, he would faint. He'd get going through, and he would literally faint. And he, he, he did that more than once. And, and I don't know why it popped in my head. I hope it isn't because of you, Greg. But uh, that's how my brain works. So as Lindsay has mentioned, pastor is on holidays, and he asked me if I wanted to take one of these morning services. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm on the church board, and, and pastor has always challenged us to be willing and ready to share a message or share our testimony. And while I'm here and I'm, I'm willing, but I don't know how ready I am. Hopefully I'll be okay. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to open in prayer and then we'll start the message. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day and we pray for those who are mourning, mourning losses or going through difficult times, sickness, challenges, any of that. Uh, we know you're there, and we, we don't know, as Lindsay has shared, we don't know the reasons, and we don't know tomorrow. But you do, and, and we trust in that. Uh, I would pray that you, this morning that you would give me the words that you would want the people to hear, that it would be your message, not mine. It would be um, glorifying you and praising you and honoring you the entire service today that people here would, would have an open ear, an open heart, and an open mind to hear your words. And uh, just uh, prepare us for the message today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Each person here today is on their own God journey. Christians are at a certain level on their journey, and those who are not Christians are seeking answers to God, Jesus, the Bible, the meaning of life. Every person on this journey, Christian and non-Christian, are either moving forward or backward. You cannot reach a level wherever you're at and stay there. You're either moving forward or backward. And if you think you're staying there, I would suggest that you're actually moving backward. My hope is that every Christian will grow. That after six months, they'll look back 
six months previous and say, you know what, I'm different, I've grown, I've experienced this, I've changed. My hope is that every person searching will one day soon come to a place and make a decision to accept Jesus as their Savior. God is calling you. He has planted that longing in your heart. John 14.6 Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can personally know God except through Jesus Christ. I became a Christian, this is a very short version of my testimony. I became a Christian 20 years ago, and probably most of you here know that. Before that, I was a guy who, I had a job, I worked, I had a family, lived to enjoy myself, drank and partied quite a bit. I never knew the Bible. I never knew God or Jesus or any of that stuff. My parents owned a bar, and no one that I knew were Christians. My first memory of of church was when I was seven. My brother and I went up, uh, we lived in Meany Creek, and we went to a Sunday school. And and all I can remember about that day was the church was on top of the hill, and then on the way back from Sunday school, Bert got stung by a bee. That was... All remember. And during my life, there, are, there were moments where I think seeds of God were planted in me. And I remember, and some of you could relate to this, I remember watching a Billy Graham crusade on TV in the late 60s. And back in those days, we only had one channel, no remote control, and it was in black and white. But... For whatever reason, and I, I don't know, it's that longing in my heart, or our hearts, uh, it spoke to me. And I don't, I don't know if I listened to Billy Graham for five minutes, or I just don't remember, but I, I probably listened to him till the end, till he calls those forward, and then I went and, I don't know, beat up my brother or something, I don't know. <laughs> but, but it had a, it, you know, there's seeds planted there, and there's been... Uh, other times over the years that other things have happened. In 1995, uh, my son Nick, who has asthma, he was rushed to Lloydminster Hospital in critical condition after a severe attack. And I remember driving there and praying to God saying, if you spare him, I will change and I will follow you. So God answered my prayer and Nicholas was saved and he actually lives in the same yard as us and has, has his family. And, well, I didn't keep my end of the promise right then anyways. It took me six years to accept Jesus in my heart. And that was in 2001. Um, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 2, verses one to five. I have to put my glasses on for this. And this is Paul speaking. And he, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit 
and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I'm sharing today on some of how God has changed me, how God has grown me. What wisdom or testimony do I have that can help and encourage a non-believer or someone who is searching or a Christian to grow closer to God? I'm sharing just a few of my experiences, not to bring attention to me, but to glorify God, to praise Him, to honor Him, to share how He has used and is using me in my weakness and with all my faults, to share the gospel and hopefully make a difference in even one person's journey. And... And I have lots of faults. You can ask my wife, Brenda. She'll, I mean, you, probably, yes, you probably know that anyway. So, As I was driving in, like I said, things pop in my head. And I invited my daughter, Shannon, to... She hasn't heard me speak before, so I invited her to come and, and, and hear her as I was sharing. Well, she just texted me this morning and said, can't make it. So I, w- I was disappointed. But then as I went... I'm driving in today. I'm going, well, why are you disappointed? It's, did you want her to come and hear you? Or did you want her to come and hear the message? And, you know, it is, Satan is so subtle. He, I wanted her to come and hear me, and I, now I realize that. So I shouldn't be disappointed. I, I should. I'm quite happy I learned that, and, and that's how it is. So we want to give the glory to God. God. God is the creator of all things. God is eternal. He's the Alpha and Omega. God is love. God is holy. He's unchanging. He's all-powerful. He's righteous. He's merciful. God is faithful. God is ever-present. God knows everything, and God is sovereign. These are just but a few attributes of God. Why did, why did God create us? That's a, that's a good question. He created us to have a personal relationship with him and to be with him forever. The most important gift God has given each and every one of us is the freedom to choose. We have a choice. We can choose to follow him or not. He does not make us follow him. We're not robots. God loves us so much that he wants to be with each one of us for all eternity. He wants to be with us forever. And I'm... Okay, sorry, I've got to put my glasses on. I've read this book. It's called Heaven by Randy Elkhorn, and I've read it a couple times. It's... It's a very good book, and you can tell by all the bookmarks. There's a lot of stuff in here. But I'm going to, hopefully I can find where I'm going to read. In it, uh, it reads like this. Earth is an in-between world touched by both heaven and hell. Earth leads directly into heaven or directly into hell. It's a pathway. To our eternal place. It leads directly into heaven or directly into hell, affording a choice between the two. The best of life on earth 
the very best of any experience you've had here is but a glimpse of heaven. And conversely, the worst of life, the worst thing that happens to you is but a glimpse of hell. For Christians, this present life is the closest they will ever come to hell. This is as close, if you know Jesus, this is as close as we'll come to hell. For unbelievers, this is the closest you'll come to heaven. I don't, they will come to heaven. The reality of that choice that lies before us in this life is both wonderful and awful. Given the reality of our two possible destinations, shouldn't we be willing to pay any price to avoid hell and go to heaven? And yet, that price has already been paid. You were bought at a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 You were bought at a price. The price paid was exorbitant. The shed blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. I would encourage you to know where your destination is. Maybe you are moral. Maybe you don't swear, don't drink, help people in need, or even sponsor a world vision child. Maybe along with that you faithfully come to church and never miss a sermon and give money faithfully every Sunday. These, these things make you a very good person. They do not make you a Christian. You only have salvation if you are a Christian. Only if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you will have eternal life with Jesus and God the Father. The Bible is very clear about this. I would encourage you not to delay too long. You never know what tomorrow brings. Even after today's service, if any of you have any questions, just seek out our elders, Greg or Michael, myself, or there are others here who can, can help you with that question or help answer your questions. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us so much he sacrificed his only son on the cross for you and for me. God gives us the choice. He truly longs for us to make the right choice. And that one choice is the most important decision you ever have to make. Choose to accept Jesus as your Savior, yes or no. Revelations 3 verse 20. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. Jesus is waiting for you to open the door. When you accept Jesus into your life, you will ask, What now? My Bible has 1,870 pages. That's a lot of information, that's a lot of wisdom, that's a lot of scripture. It's, it's, almost, it's very formidable. But what this Christian walk really comes down to in the what now as you become a Christian, everything comes down to two commands. 
And every, everything flows from these two commands. And the Bible says in Mark 12, verses 30 and 31, God says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You, should, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these. That's all you have to do. When you become a Christian, you follow those two, and everything else flows from those two commandments. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, that verse reflects a meaning I had, and I've shared this with uh, a few others in my Bible group. Uh, this reflects a meeting I had in Cancun in 2019. And Brenda and I had flown into Cancun, and we just got there. We checked into our resort. It was, I remember it was late afternoon, early evening by the time we settled down, and, and we just finished our supper. And we were sitting outside on this... Just gorgeous, the outside patio overlooking the swimming pool and the ocean. And I was there alone. We'd done our supper, and Brenda had to go get more dessert, so she wasn't there. <laughs> and anyways, I was there alone. And this this young man, he comes walking up, and he's a polished, good-looking, thirty-year-old man. And he came up to me, and he, he says, "I I don't know." How does to ask this? But he says, "I I, I don't know." He says, "I, I saw you, and I would, I've been watching you." And he says, "He says to me, he says, can you?'" Well, and I said to him, "Well, okay." I didn't know what he was going to ask me. I says, "Okay, how can I help?" He says, "Can you tell me what is the meaning of life?" Holy smokes, I never, never thought he'd be asking me that. So I, I sat, I told him to sit down, let's talk. And I honestly don't know how long we talked for. I, I'm guessing an hour and a half, I, I have no idea. Uh, I, I could have answered his question very quickly. And then, cause we, we just got to Cancun. Here it is, and go, and my wife and I are going to enjoy our first day in Cancun, but, but that's not what I'm called to do. So I sat there and chatted with him and gave him some of my testimony and, 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 and guided him as much as I could at that point in my Christian walk and give him the answers that I knew up to then. And I remember seeing Brenda out of the corner of my eye. She, had, she was really good about this. She had come back, and I saw her, and, and she knew that there was something going on. 
So she just let, let me have my space. And that was taking advantage of an opportunity that, that you know, I, that God gave me. And why, and I, I can't figure this out, if I'm a guy searching for the answers to life, I'm not picking me. I, I guarantee you. Uh, I'd pick probably most of all of you over me. And, but why he came to me, I don't know, except God knows. Yeah. God presents us with opportunities to share, and opportunities to learn and to share his word. We have to recognize those times. Not all of them are as obvious of, as uh, Marcus. But there are times that we, if we, if we sit back, we can recognize it's a, it's, God is asking us something. We've got we to gotta do. We can't just say, Man, do it later. No. Don't ignore them. God was using me to share the gospel with Marcus. It was an opportunity. I simply obeyed and went with that opportunity. <clears throat> In 2006, Ben, or Ben, Deb Von Abedale was our church mission coordinator. She asked me if I wanted to go on a mission trip to an orphanage in Baja, Mexico. I said no. Two weeks of my time seemed way too high, high of a price and I really didn't have any desire to go. Every year I kept getting asked, do you want to go to the mission in Baja? I kept saying no. Then Karen Worthing took that role and she asked me if I wanted to go to the Baja. I said no. And it really wasn't the ladies asking me this, but it was God. He was saying, you need to go. And I said, no. In 2010, Karen was leading a group to a new place, an orphanage in Oaxaca, Mexico. She asked me again. And this time, I couldn't find a reason to say no. So I reluctantly went. And there were five of us on that mission trip to Oaxaca, Mexico. We arrived on a Tuesday, and the next morning, and, and some of you have heard this story before, but we arrived on a Tuesday, and the next morning, Karen comes up to me and asks this, or said this, we're scheduled to go to a maximum security prison. Do you want to go? I was in Mazatlan, I don't know how many years before that, 20, 25 years, and my brother and I, we were driving by a prison off the highway in Mazatlan and had the razor wire on the top and they had guards with machine guns and I, I remember saying to him, I will never be in a place like that, ever. And here we were. There was no, no warning that going on this mission trip that we would be going outside of the orphanage. We're there to help and build stuff and do dishes and what and just have a relationship have I can be careful how I say that. But just spend time with the kids. And going to this prison and I don't know how many inmates I believe the number is three thousand inmates. I said I I don't don't know. I have, to, I have to pray about it. So I did. And I honestly think if Karen wasn't going, that I wouldn't go. But 
she was going, so I said, okay, I'll go. <clears throat> so we go there. We drive there. And in the van, as we approach the prison, we come to the prison, and the first thing as we turn this corner that we see is four armed guards with helmets, masks, bulletproof vests, and machine guns. And that was scary. It, I, it was a scary sight. So they stopped us, searched the van, and, and that was just to get into the parking lot. That was not even into the prison yet. So we went through, we got out of the van, we went through a couple checkpoints, and we got in the prison. And, and our leader, Enrique Perez, he's the, he's the prison uh, mission coordinator there. So he goes and visits these guys once a week. Excuse me. And he was leading us. So we get in there, and I remember we're in this lobby area, and it's just like TV. On the, there's a big screen, big window, and on the other side, you got all these inmates, hundreds of them. They're in the open courtyard. They're shooting hoops. They're smoking on the side. And honestly, some are pretty bad-looking people. I tell you, tatted up, and, and that's not... <laughs> I have to be careful, Vanessa. <laughs> but they, they, you don't look bad. But, but they, they look pretty bad. I'm pretty, pretty scary, some of them. And I, uh, and I went... At, at that time, our... our Enrique, he left, and Enrique doesn't speak any English, so I didn't, he, he just left, and we were there, and, and I'm going, oh, and these inmates are walking, there's an open door between the courtyard and the lobby part, and there's people in there, and they're, they're walking by, they come off, out of the courtyard, and it, it was a little nerve-wracking. Anyways, that's kind of how it was, so Enrique came back, and he, he guided us through the prison, and it was like a maze going through there till we... We came to a room, and it was, I don't know, 25 square feet, maybe, maybe 20. So we got in, <clears throat> and we all sat down on a bench on the left-hand side. And we waited. We waited for the inmates to come in, the Christian inmates. Or the ones who, some Christians, some searching. So they came in, and then uh, we shook their hands. And they, they thanked us for coming. And then they sat down. And then the one inmate brought a guitar. So he starts playing the guitar. And I remember it was, it was so powerful. It was like uh, God was there. God, it was a holy moment, and, and God was there. And, and, and it still brings emotion out of me. I, I was crying, and I looked over. They were all crying, and, and these guys were singing, and they were praising the Lord and, and in a way that I'd never heard before. So... There's a lot more to this story, but I, 
I'm going to just end that story here. So we, after, the, after the worship service, we hugged it up and then, and then we left. I think I missed the picture. <clears throat> this is only one story of the 10 years I've been going to Oaxaca, Mexico. It's had a major impact on my Christian journey. God has used Oaxaca to shape, mold, and truly change me. God knew this. The ministry, the phrase for the ministry there is, for anyone who visits a mission is, you will never be the same. And, and I was never the same after that initial visit. And it might not have happened if I had said no one more time. I don't know. Uh, that's why we have, to, we have to take advantage of these opportunities and these moments. And, and to be bold when God calls and recognize these times. And, and don't delay. <clears throat> and I better wind this message up. I have changed. I have grown. God is using me, but I still have a long ways to go. I'm not there. I still make mistakes. I still sin. But I'm, I continue to grow. I figure it's like this. Every sin that I can erase out of my life, no matter how small that sin is, and I, got, I think this, it's harder with the small sins. Well, when I get rid of them, then there's a space for God to come in. And he comes in, and when I do that, God, I grow closer to God. And I'm going to read uh, from this bookmark card that we were given on our 2019 uh, mission trip to Oaxaca. And it, it's a prayer card to, to ask the congregation different things to pray for us while we were there. And I highlighted the ones I want to share. First one is that our hearts, we pray that our hearts would be right with the Lord, being open to his leading and willing to make the changes he lays on our hearts. That we would truly be a blessing to each person we come in contact with. That the Holy Spirit would be very evident in all of our lives and that we could live out the mandate of Jesus to go and preach the gospel. That we would be forever changed and our lives would show forth that change as we return home again. And that's kind of the prayer I would have for me and everybody here, that we would be changed and we would do these things. I think I'm coming to the end. Uh, final verse. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I invite the worship team to come back up. Thank you.